Average, the perennial vegetable. Why we are producing these vegetable young plants and for what customers we are producing them. Welcome to Gardeners Radio by Lubera Edibles, the podcast for professional gardeners. We are talking about edible plants. Everwedge or perennial vegetables are, for example, rhubarbs, horseradish, Skirit. Skirit, of course, uh, sea kale and also tree kale and many, many more. My name is Frederick Follat and I work at Lubera Edibles and there I'm responsible for product development. And uh, my name is Markus Kobold. I'm co-founder of Lubera Edibles together with my friend Rupert Meyer, which is not here on the table. And uh, I'm founder of Lubera 2 and breeder of Lubera. There I'm responsible for almost everything, especially for breeding. So I'm, I'm producing stuff uh, where you are doing the choices for Lubera edibles, which plants you are producing in, in our young plant company at Lubera edibles and then selling to all the professional gardeners all over Europe. And here we are talking, talking about a new group of products which we are naming Everwets, uh, which is a, a, a short name for perennial vegetables. Uh, we say a perennial vegetable, an Everwets, in our words, uh, should be planted one time, and then you should be able to uh, take uh, leaves, stems, fruits, uh, fruits of the roots, whatever, <laughs> of them for uh, at least five years. So uh, that's our definition of perennial vegetables. Everwedge. So, Everwedge are mostly old um, kind of vegetable plants, is, uh, for example, skirret. Um, in, when you talk about um, apples, uh, especially, there you s often say old varieties are old because they were replaced by new varieties. Now uh, you came, you come. Uh, along with these old, old uh, vegetables. So how will uh, belong this together? Yes, uh, you know, you, 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 sometimes you are uh, contradicting your own words. Uh, but here I'm not. Uh, it's the same situation. So new varieties came which were better than the old ones in the social situation of the 19th century. So um, when you look at the perennial vegetables, they weren't bred, they weren't developed in the last 200 years about. So they stayed at, a, uh, at the same level. And uh, seed-propagated vegetables, which are you have to grow only one year or less, are 90% uh, dominant. And uh, look at the last 200 years, it's an industrialization of the of the uh, horticultural production and of the of the of the agriculture and in a industrialized uh, way of, of 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 plant production one year one year old crops are much easier than perennial crops and uh, the 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 uptake the uh, what you can earn uh, per meter square and per time is much bigger than with a perennial crop. 
so uh, uh, that uh, these crops diminished uh, during the 19th century and uh, the seed propagated uh, vegetables dominated this nat- natural process which is in uh, in one with the industrialization of the agriculture and uh, there was another development that was the upcoming of the seed industry of seed companies and for seed companies it was much easier to send and to sell seeds than to send plants vegetatively propagated plants so they they of course if they had the chance to develop further kale varieties where you can sell seeds every year they were developing the seed varieties and not the perennial varieties so it's a it's a it's a, devel- a normal development but it's all in the in the in the big picture of the development of the uh, industrialized uh, uh, agriculture and horticulture so this old um, group of vegetable um, has lost in in the past. Uh, why now this this new marketing of of these old and yeah? The qu- qu- question is uh, when there was a good reason that uh, they went almost to zero during the 19th century. So and, and we lost them almost in the 20th century. Why should they be interesting again now? And I think they are interesting again because our, our soci- social cultural situation has changed. And I'm talking about the garden. Yeah, the garden of the 19th century and the garden, in many cases, not in all, of the first half of the 20th century was uh, a small farm. Yeah, so it's the same rules as in a as in the industrialization so seed and crop and you wanted kilogram because uh, you wanted to be self sufficient and so on the garden nowadays is not a farm yeah and uh, you are in a different situation you have a you have a business of you have a job and uh, in 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 your opinion you don't have enough time you have a family you have friends garden is perhaps is a important minor thing for you, an important minor thing for you. It's minor because family and job are more important. And it's important because, of course, like other hobbies, you, you, you like it. But the, the time you can spend in your garden is, is only so big. And in this situation, perennial vegetables become easy because you don't have to hunt for new young plants every 10 days. You don't have to plant every year or several times in a year to have a to have a, a veg plot and uh, you can plant one time and you can earn five years at least. And so I think this type of crops becomes interesting in a modern garden. Uh, and by the side, it's also a very sustainable crop. Um, but do you, do you not think so that there is uh, the risk uh, that um, the market could be kind of uh, the market of um, seed propagated uh, vegetable young plants will be cannibalized by uh, selling um, everveg yeah that's that's perhaps an argument and you can think about it i don't think that's the case or i don't think that will be the majority of cases because because i think we are creating a new market new customers i think perennial vegetables are especially Interesting for people who are now growing perennials, 
So perennial is a very interesting crop because perennial, so uh, uh, non-woody, uh, uh, several year old or growing plants uh, are going up all over Middle Europe by three to seven, eight percent per year because they are easy. They are not so expensive. And you can have the result of your gardening work for several years, not only one year. So these perennial plants are more and more dominating annual plants. Because it's also easy in the garden situation, because you don't have to do every work every year. That's annoying for a, for a hobby gardener for whom gardening is not the most important thing. It's a, mi a minor important thing in his life. And, uh, and uh, so I think uh, we are creating a new market of new people, especially in the, in the age of, of 30 to 50, uh, people who are not really experienced gardeners, but who try now gardening with perennial vegetables because then they can grow vegetables in their garden and they can cook their own vegetables and uh, they don't have all this hustle thing with uh, with young plants they would have if they have uh, annual annual uh, vegetables and now we talk a, a lot about the benefits of the hobby gardeners but uh, why should a plant producer produce um, everveg or why should a garden center or uh, maybe a DIY market um, sell um, everveg plants Int interesting question of course because uh, you could say Oh, I'm used to sell annual vegetables. Why should I try the new ones? I'm doing good business with annual vegetables. Why now trying the perennial ones? Uh, but perhaps that's not the right way to look at it because the most important way is the consumer perspective. Uh, if they are interested, if their lifestyle is more congruent with perennial plants, we should produce perennial plants and offer perennial plants. And uh, I, think, uh, I think we have to change a little bit the perspective. Of course, we have to look at ourselves, what is good for our industry. And I think even perennial vegetables are good for the industry. We can talk la later on it. And, uh, uh, but the most important thing, what is good for our consumers? What do they like? What is congruent to their way of life? And we, in the end, have to produce what they want. And... Uh How could these uh, new groups of uh, vegetable plants uh, could be uh, sold? Do you, do you have some uh, some uh, spe uh, some uh, most interest uh, most interested points for? So, like many UK gardeners, also we have some experience. I think rather intense experience because always at Lubera.com we are selling first first years. If you have new products, also old new products, <laughs> we are selling first at Lubera.com and then we are choosing what could be interesting for as young plants for Lubera edibles. And the same situation here. We have already some years ago, we have started to sell to a big chain perennial vegetables. Also there we have some experience. So I think two, three things are important. Uh, the first is trademark and explanation. Um, Yeah, we did the trademark Ewiges Gemüse in German and Everwetsch. So it's very important to sell this trademark, to sell the concept. It could also be another name, but to sell it and to explain it. 
because I think if 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 you have a trademark, if you have a story with uh, which, which says in 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 short words, plant one time and you have a crop for five years, that's it, and you that you have to communicate not one time, five times, ten times, hundred times, uh, and then it will be heard. Uh, so uh, trademark communication, then bigger plants, don't sell perennial vegetables ever as small plant in a in a six pack or in an eight pack or something like this sell them as independent plants in a one two liter it's even with many species it's even possible to for example horseradish it's a fantastic plant in the five liter pot and uh, rhubarb is a fantastic plant in the five liter pot and uh, many authors of for example climbers uh, like uh, yam, for example, it's a fantastic plant in a five-liter pot, a climbing plant. Uh, so uh, sell bigger plants, and then you have an upgrading not only in the size of the plant but also in the turnover, because uh, instead of selling five plants, you are selling one, but at the price of five plants. So it's an interesting business, and to produce them is not so more expensive than to produce a small plant. So bigger plants, and then offer an assortment. It makes no sense to have only rhubarb and horseradish. So uh, uh, produce five, six, seven plants, perhaps also perennial salads or, or, or other perennial things to have an assortment to sell it to consumers. You can sell the concept and it's, it's, it's more difficult to sell this or that plant than to sell the concept. Okay, Markus, you are a plant breeder. You uh, breed apples, for example, since uh, 25 years. And every year you surprise your customers with uh, some new and also some special breeding programs. Uh, do, do you think that it uh, would be necessary also to breed on average? Yes, for sure. Uh, I think uh, breeding and selection, domestication of average has stopped for 200 years now. In most cases, not in all. And uh, it's time to revise. It's time to look again at these interesting vegetables. And we are doing it. So we, we started the breeding project in rhubarb, which was also bred in UK, for example, <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the first half of this century. Uh, but we started the project there and we learned a lot. And we learned a lot of, of different types of rubber plants we weren't thinking about when we started. You will see the results in some years. And I'm sure, in, especially in tree kales, I think very interesting. But also uh, winter hard Dioscara types, yam, yam types. Or um, in, in, uh, in uh, sea kales are very interesting. And I think there is a huge potential for breeding and uh, in the long time we will not be able to resist okay Marcus thank you for your explanation and uh, we, we are we are finished at the moment um, we I and Marcus we hope that uh, you enjoyed our uh, conversation And if you have questions or comments, um, please uh, send it uh, directly to me, uh, to frederick.follard at lubereedibles.com. And in the next podcast, we, 
not we, Marcus will um, explain um, the vegetable breeding at Lubera. So until then, we wish you a fruitful day. Thank you very much. Go on gardening. Thanks for hearing Gardens Radio by Lubero Edibles. You find us on every platform for podcasts, Spotify, Apple, and of course, on our website, www.luberoedibles.com. Go on gardening.